Welcome, guys, to another edition of James Short Podcast, Leading and Growing Your Real Estate Business. Super excited about this awesome guest that we have on this morning on our, uh, on our call. Oh, it's nice to get this guy locked in and loaded because the wealth of uh, wisdom, knowledge, and expertise uh, is got it sure to uh, shake a few feathers and uh, twist a few navels out there. So who is it? Who do we have online this morning? Uh, MJ Fitzpatrick. I was introduced uh, to MJ a little while ago uh, through a mutual friend and he said, James, you've got to have a chat to MJ. He's, he's a mover and shaker. Uh, he's the owner and the CEO of Orthomus, uh, where, where they, they're working with uh, serial entrepreneurs out there in the industry. We're mastering the psychology, controlling the emotions, and, and absolutely smashing fear. Uh, what he focuses on is really overcoming and dealing with entrepreneurs' mindset and really giving them that clarity and, that, and those strategies in order to, to be more and grow more. So uh, let's get him on the line. And uh, MJ, mate, welcome. And that was such a good introduction. I feel like I should get you up before I speak. And get you to <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Pleasure, mate. Pleasure. So, mate, the intro, there's so much to tell, but we, you know, we want to yeah. find out a little bit more about you and, and, and your journey. So, in a, in, a, in a bit of a snapshot, can you, can you give us a, a bit of a, an overview of yourself, uh, of your, yeah. your beginnings and, and where you are today? Sure. So just to keep it as brief as possible, because the story is quite long. Um, I was a very normal kid growing up, um, was a classic nerd, didn't have a lot of friends, loved reading books, um, and then was involved when I was 17 in a uh, freak sporting accident. I actually broke my neck when I was playing rugby union for my school, um, which going through a trauma like that when I was very young put me on a very different path. Um, and it was through learning to overcome that and a bunch of other things that happened in the subsequent years, I really learned who I was as a person and how much I love helping people um, with that sort of thing. So as I was moving forward and kind of helping people put the pieces together of themselves and doing so for myself, I really um, got so passionate about it that I wanted to try and figure out how to build a business and a life around that. Um, that was terrifying, deciding that I was going to go out and back myself like that so I convinced myself to be a doctor instead. Um, got into med school after two years of studying and then within two days of being at med school, realized I didn't want to be there and took me another five weeks to get the courage up to drop out. And uh, since then, I've built Thymos out, which we put programs into schools, colleges, universities. Um, and then I have my own personal coaching business as well, which I work with entrepreneurs. I work with people who have no idea what they want to do with their life. I work with people whose relationships are breaking down. Um, I keep People keep telling me I should niche myself, but I love working with people too much to do that. So yeah, that's, uh, that's about it. Awesome, dude. Awesome. And that niche itself, really, people, isn't it? Depending on. Yes. And, and, and I think like looking at your journey and hearing the, the, the detailed journey from when we chatted a little while ago, what was the, I guess, that, that turning point and, and I guess for you of, of going through that injury and, and if it was an aha moment or yeah. for you, what, yeah, what, what were the key uh, takeaways? Sure. So I remember the moment very clearly, actually. So I was um, living in the UK with one of my very good friends, um, had depression, had anxiety, still had post-traumatic stress disorder, was in a very um, damaged place. And because what I had been going through, I didn't realize I had mental health problems at the time, but because what I was going through was such physical, um, physical injuries by nature, you know, like you've broken your neck, you have to get surgery and then you're better. Um, I was living there with one of my good friends who developed really bad social anxiety. So we would go out clubbing, and he would think that people were whispering behind his back or that people were talking about him. And he got so anxious that he often had to leave. 
And talking to him, it just seemed to make no sense to me that this was something that we couldn't get rid of because unlike myself who'd broken a bone or whatever it was, it felt like that this had been created. And so if we could create it, then we could clearly make it go away. And so we had a number of conversations over a couple of months and eventually he reached a place where he just said, you know, I've, I'm not going to let that affect me anymore. And when he did that, he thanked me. And that was the moment that changed my life. If he, we had have done that same thing and he hadn't have thanked me, I don't think I'd be this person I am today. So I'm obviously very grateful to him for that. But when he thanked me, I felt joy. And it was the first time I felt joy, honestly, in four or five years. And so it would be like, you know, being in a cave and coming out and seeing the sun for the first time. It's very blinding, but it's also feels so warm and nice. So I really got addicted to helping people because the formula in my mind was, okay, if I can figure out the lessons of life and what's happened to me and I can teach those to other people, they'll thank me and then I'll be happy. And if I do that enough times, maybe I can pull myself out of this hole. And that's exactly what happened. Um, I then realized I just wanted to keep helping people anyway without getting the thank you. And that's really um, where I am today. Isn't that interesting? I guess that process for yourself of, of getting that, getting that thanks, but also seeing that shift also help you grow and, and develop as a person and, and help you through, through your journey at the same time. Yeah. And, and I think the real key point that I like when I told this story, the real key point that I want people to leave with was it came from the most selfish place, right? When I first started helping people, it was explicitly in my mind for, I want to help them so that hopefully they say thank you to me. Cause if they say thank you to me, I'll feel like some of this weight and this heaviness that I carry around will be slightly less. Now I, just literally did that for two or three years. And I did that so many times that eventually the scales in my mind shifted. And it wasn't, wow, I've been through this intense trauma and so many bad things happened to me. It was, look, I went through something, but I've been able to help so many people because of that, that it doesn't make sense for me to think that that's a bad experience anymore. And it actually is, was a really beautiful experience. And in that moment, everything shifted, right? I, the depression, the anxiety, everything just disappeared because the root cause of it, I had reframed. And I now know enough about self-development to know that I'd rewritten my story and I changed my focus and I changed my questions. And I understand what I was doing from a structured point now, but then I was just kind of intuitively always trying to grow. Yeah. Wow. Fantastic. So if you fast forward obviously to the now, and you've mentioned yeah. the few different areas that you're, you're working with, give us a, a, a bit more of a, a detail of the type of people that you're working with uh, and the type of clients that you've, you've been working with as of late. Sure. So I think for, to bring the most value to your audience, it probably just makes sense for me to talk most about the entrepreneurs that I work with. So I work with everyone from solo entrepreneurs, army of one, right through to have gotten funding, have got your series A and are trying to move forward from that point of view, right through to you've actually made all your money and you're massively successful and you're trying to put the pieces of your life together. So it's all about, I mean, I very rarely meet an entrepreneur who isn't interested in growing. It's actually why I love working with them so much because they have that hunger, which I love. But it's about pulling apart the different ways that they can think and making sure that they're thinking in each situation the right way. So for example, a lot of entrepreneurs motivate themselves from a place of I'm trying to prove myself, right? Or I'm, I'm trying to prove to the world that I am good enough to do this. Now that's, uh, that isn't the healthiest way to motivate yourself, but it's certainly effective, right? There are more effective ways, but it will work. But if you take that style of thinking to other areas of your life, drinking alcohol, being in a relationship, gambling, right? You're actually going to massively damage yourself. And that's not to suggest that entrepreneurs drink or gamble in any way, shape or form, but it's just to show that we all have many different ways to think about things. And if you put the wrong tool into the wrong environment, you're actually going to damage that environment without even realizing it. Yeah. Right. Wow. 
That's cool. And so when you when when, when these entrepreneurs come to you, um, and you've mentioned a little bit of it about pulling the pieces together and working out what they want. What do you, what's, what do you find underneath all that? What do you find is some of their, their biggest problems and frustrations that they're, that they're facing? Interesting. All right. So loneliness is huge. Mm. Um, if you're the number one in your company, you know, everyone beneath you can look at someone either above them or beside them and blame them for the problems. Right. So even your number two at your company, they can look at you as the boss, as the leader, and they can blame you. But as the leader, you don't have that ability, right? There's no one else above you or around you to look at. It's all squarely on your shoulders. And I think that's a very lonely feeling um, for a lot of people to have. And tied into that, there's a lot of stress that comes along with that. They're more the superficial things. To get deeper into it, it's about um, getting entrepreneurs to recognize that you actually can grind and work and, and push through and also have fun and find joy at the same time. What grinding doesn't have to be this very difficult thing that's just very dark, right? Of course, there are difficult moments, but it also you can find joy in that and you can find joy in the test. Um, and then also, to be honest, a massive one is just people's lack of self-worth and that driving behavior. And so their success is never good enough. And I think it's actually, if you're an entrepreneur, it's very healthy to not be satisfied because if you're satisfied you will start to take your foot off the gas. But there's a difference between never being satisfied and always beating yourself up because of the results you get or never being satisfied but still being very grateful for the results you've gotten. And the entrepreneurs that you meet that are really happy, they're in the second category, right? They're never satisfied and they always want more and they've always got that hunger, but they don't let that hunger destroy the joy that should come along with that. Whereas the entrepreneurs that you meet who are just struggling and look stressed and aren't taking care of their health they're letting the hunger that they have actually impact their ability to find joy in the process. So interesting. And that is so true because you can, you can really see it for those who, yeah, they've still got that hunger. They've still got that drive, but there there's a, a sense of peacefulness yes. ar- around that as well of the congruency, the, the vision rather than, rather than just everything at all costs, um, yep. dominate, achieve success. Yep. So yeah, that's that's mate, that's that's beautiful. But the big thing, the big thing that I've realised is that you need both, right? Mm-hmm. Now, because I've you, I want you to have the dominant part of you and the competitive part of you and the part that wants to murder your competition. I think that's so healthy, but you can only have that part of yourself work effectively if you actually have a good sense of self-respect and self-love. Because otherwise, you're going to turn that onto yourself, yeah, right? Totally. And you're just going to pull yourself apart. So I actually really want people to have both modes of thinking because you need both I think to achieve really sustained high levels of success but for most people they're so used to using one that they just haven't even they aren't even aware that there's another way of thinking and so they need to almost stop using one until they build the second mode of thinking out and then they can start to use both uh, as an interplay between one another yeah fantastic so so I, I guess when they come to you and they've got, they've got these problems and frustrations and you have obviously done some work with them. What do you notice? What, what's, what's the flip? What's that switch? And how do they then start to, to operate? So, oh, such an open-ended question. I love it. Yeah. Um, so, Go for it. <laughs> so many answers, answers in front of me. Right. So I have a couple of kind of cheat codes that I use to dissect people. So when someone comes and sits down with me, often if they're an entrepreneur, 
right? I'm quite young, I'm only 26. And so I'm coaching people who are 45, 50, 63 in some cases. So I have a very limited time frame to show them that I know what I'm talking about, right? I've got, I've got 15 minutes to show them that I know enough about what I know about to coach them. Otherwise I lose them. So yeah. I have this massive time pressure for me to try and figure out what's going on in this person's head as fast as possible. So there's a couple of cheat codes that I use, all right? One of which, which we've spoken about is language patterns, all right, is huge. Right? If, you can get, if you can get a little bit into NLP or even just think about, learn about the power of language and the power of words, that's a huge giveaway. But for me, the easiest one of all is when someone smiles, right? Where do they smile? So when they're talking to me about their life, where are they smiling? Because that's very fascinating to me, right? And then the second one is when they do smile, does it reach their eyes? Right, because if you know anything about how the actual um, anatomy of your face works, you actually can't fake a smile in your eyes. It doesn't work that way. It has to be real. So the results that they get is often they're just letting go of this weight that they carry around to always be doing the next thing without actually enjoying the process along the way. Now, if you can make that shift within someone, literally their entire life changes, right? Because they can be present in the moment. So when they're with their wife or they're with their husband, they can actually be there with them rather than being 30% with them and then being 70% thinking about work. So the relationship gets better, right? They have the time to realize that they need to invest in themselves because they've started to love themselves more. So their health gets better because they realize they need to invest in that. But most importantly of all for me is just the amount that they're enjoying their life massively increases. And so when I come and see them, especially it's, it's usually between the week three and the week five mark, right? When they've really started to apply deeply what I've been thinking about. And usually we have to have a number of conversations where they start to understand what I'm trying to get them to do. But when we're doing week five, I'll see them. And they just, from the second I see them, there's a different energy to them. They're smiling, they're happy. They shake my hand very strongly. I usually can't shut them up when they're talking about their life. So yeah, I think it really does impact every area of your life. And the results when you see them properly are so stark because your, their physiology just reflects how they feel. And they'll come and see me with a massive smile on their face and they're talking very properly. Their language patterns have changed. So yeah, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing to see. And it's why I love my job so much, right? Because it's so fascinating. And then you get to see the results so visibly. Totally. That's priceless. So can you share just on that then, like a, a case study of, of, of you going through what you go through and, and the results that they've got working with yourself? Yeah. So, you know, this, uh, I'll give you a story that doesn't necessarily apply to entrepreneurs, but it's my favorite story um, of a guy who came in and run, runs his own consulting business and was very aware that it wasn't his purpose in life. Like he wanted to find something deeper and he wasn't really enjoying his work. So whenever someone comes to me trying to figure out what they want to do with their life, the first question is always, well, what excites you? What lights you up? And his first answer was nothing. And that's fine because people's is usually nothing. So you do the old Tony Robbins question of, okay, I know you don't know, but if you did know, what would it be? Um, and he started talking about cars. And again, it's always about noticing the changes in their body as they're speaking. He started speaking about cars and his whole body changed. Right. And so I was like, okay, cool. Well, why don't you just go be around cars for your life? He's like, I've got no idea how to do that. We dig a little bit more. We find out he's just being on a driving tour to Japan. Um, and so I said, well, why don't you go intern or work for this guy? You know, you take a pay cut and you're used to running your business. So you'll have to have a boss and that'll suck. But why don't you go work for this guy? And so he sends him an email and says, Hey, I'd like to come and do some work experience in you and run your marketing um, wing, which is what he consults in. And the guy, this is in Japan. The guy writes back and he says, Oh, look, I'd be interested, but I'd have to meet you face to face first. So the client calls me and I say, cool. 
this is your leap of faith, right? And this is where we all have to do whenever we want to make a big shift in our life. You have to jump off the cliff. So you're going to have to do something crazy. And that crazy thing is you need to book flights off that email. And once you've booked flights, send him an email and tell him the dates that you're showing up. So he booked the flights, he went over to Japan and he now, uh, he worked for that company and he's now trying to figure out how to bring that company back to Australia. And that was literally two conversations all just because he gave himself the permission. I mean, again, I'm not doing anything fancy here. All I'm doing is asking him questions in the way where I give him permission to do these crazy things like book a flight to Japan off an email guy he's only met once three weeks ago on a driving tour, right? But when you do these sorts of things, in my belief anyway, you, you start to open yourself up to serendipity and you really start to force the probabilities in your favor because you're taking such massive action. So true. So true. Oh, I love that story. That's a beautiful story. And every successful person I, I say that to, their immediate response when I talk about opening themselves up to probability is that they have the same response you did. They all just said exactly right. And I think it's, <laughs> it's, very, it's very easy to think that that's so crazy when you haven't experienced it. But the second you experience it, you know, I've got, um, when I was first starting to build my business, I would cold email university lecturers um, to try and get them to come to my seminars. And this one university lecturer I've emailed, he came to a seminar, he loved it. He's, he has introduced me to people which I've done tens of thousands of dollars of business with. And it was pure serendipity. It was, it was pure serendipity. But the thing was, I was out there actually taking action and doing these bold things. And by doing that, I really feel like you start to, you start to move the ratios in your favor. Totally. Yeah, wow. Beautiful. So you've mentioned a couple of times about, I guess, a couple of different frameworks and tools that you use. Can you share with us another framework that you use with clients to assist them on their journey? Sure. So um, without going into it, because if I did, this would be a seven hour podcast and we still wouldn't even cover it all. <laughs> um, you know a little bit about this knowing some NLP, but you, a fundamental skill for anyone to uh, learn if they want to get the most out of themselves is learn how to communicate with their mind emotionally, not logically. Right now there's so many different ways that you can do this. You can go down the NLP route. Okay. You can go down, you can learn something like Reiki, right? Like there's so many different ways that you can go about this, right? You can do yoga, you can do meditation, but learning that blocks that you feel like are stopping you are always emotional. 100% of the time they're emotional and learning some way to remove that block is just, it's a prerequisite for me. You just have to know how to do that. Now, NLP is a great way, right? They teach you all sorts of techniques, timeline therapy. Like it's all just about learning how to communicate with yourself emotionally so you can remove blocks. So I, I would strongly suggest someone goes and does that. The second model that I use, which I just think is the easiest for people to get along is um, understanding that you have two brains in your mind. You have the emotional brain and the logical brain, all right? Or the reptile brain and the mammalian brain. And we all like to think that the logical part of our brain is in charge. But the analogy is that you're a human being sitting on top of an elephant. The elephant is the emotional brain and the human being is the logical brain. When you and the elephant get along, everything's fine. You feel like you're in control, you love the jungle, you're so focused on where you're gonna go and everything's great. The second the elephant sees something that's gonna scare it, it doesn't matter how much you yell, how much you scream, that elephant is sprinting in a direction and you're not gonna be able to control it. So most people actually having the humility to realize that there is this huge architecture of emotions below them. And that's really what's driving behavior and recognizing and learning how to get along with that elephant and how to get it to do what you want, respecting its 
um, the fact it is, it is doing all the heavy lifting, that is really for me where all the money is, right? All of the joy and the success and the happiness and peak performance and everything that people who love self-development are interested in, it's in that interplay. It's the interplay between your mind and your emotional mind. If you can master that, I really feel like you can crack anything that's in front of you. What an amazing metaphor. I love that oh, elephant so story. There's a book called Switch by Dan and Chip Heath, which they talk about the metaphor of the guy on top of the elephant and then the path. Um, but yeah, I couldn't, it, it just, it summarizes it so beautifully for me. Perfect. Perfect. Andre, we could be, we could be going yes. for, for days on these topics. Um, how can, how can the listeners, how can the tribe uh, get more from you, hear more from you? Where's the best place to, to check more details? Sure. About so you. They, they can send me an email. So my email is the letter M, the letter J at thymos.com.au. That's T-H-Y-M-O-S.com.au. Um, and tell me to reach, like, I'd love to reach out and I'm happy to give any of them an hour of my time for free. I won't try and hard sell them on anything, but I do actually believe that um, the world gives to givers and takes from takers. So I am on a mission to give as much of my time away as I can. So I'd be more than happy to chat, um, to connect with them, recommend them some books, point them in the direction of some um, resources to listen to, or even if they've got something going on that they've got a block going on, I can show them how I work and then I'll um, help them get rid of that. Awesome. MJ, really appreciate your time today. Uh, as I said, we could be talking for days. Um, yes. Thanks for your, your wisdom, knowledge and guidance. And uh, guys, check, check MJ out and uh, yeah, send him some love. Mate, have an awesome day and look forward to speaking to you all soon. Bye for now.